Well, welcome back to Two Pastors and a Mic. My name is Corey. And I'm Shannick. And we're so glad that you're joining us. As we said last week, there are over 66 different countries represented, over 2,000 cities. So again, wherever you are listening to us, day or night, thank you for joining us. And welcome all of you watching us on YouTube. We appreciate you. Man, it's just been a crazy time, a crazy season, especially even with this podcast, but with our church. Man, so much stuff going on. Yeah, but a lot to celebrate as well. Yes. Uh, we want to celebrate, of course, this podcast. We want you to like, subscribe, share it. If it Do encourages it. you, it helps us get the word out. And so many people have been coming up recently. We found you guys through the podcast. We're loving it. Our mind's being blown. You're teaching us so much. And so just thank you so much for listening. But yeah, here yeah. at Hill City, we have a lot going on specifically with this new initiative that we started, the re-initiative, where what we're doing is restoring homes in our community, redeeming stories, offering affordable housing to our community, and we're rethinking how we're doing and operating as a church, really making an impact at a base level, foundational level of life, which is providing affordable shelter for families, specifically single moms. And so we do have something to celebrate because the home that we've been working on uh, for the last three and a half months is finally finished. We had to do a full gut job on it, but it's been amazing through the process to see the transformation. One of the things I love is getting that gratification of seeing a job complete, whether it's painting a wall, putting the roof on, tiling the bathroom. All those things are cool because in ministry, we don't get that a lot because dealing with people, it's an ongoing process. It's a lifelong process, but I can paint a wall and uh, check it off my list and move on to something else. And that is so awesome to see. But anyway, a family will be moving in later this month. And so that's so cool. I want to let you know, as our listener, two different ways you can be involved in this reinitiative. If you're around the Louisville area and listening to us and would like to stop by to visit us, to say hi to us, but also to see this home, this Sunday, December 17th, we will be down at 607 Silver Street in New Albany from 2 to 4 p.m. We're going to have an open house, different people mm-hmm. that have contributed to this, wanted to be a part of this, and also just wanted to come by and see it are going to swing by. It's going to be available. It's open house style. Come anytime between two and four and uh, yeah, celebrate with us. It's going to be so cool. Also, um, and this is for all of our listeners, no matter if it's in one of those 66 other countries or right here in our hometown, you can actually contribute to this reinitiative by going on uh, our Facebook page or Instagram and looking up and finding the Amazon wish list for this reinitiative. Um, you'll be able to see the post there. We'll actually probably put another one out this week on our socials, but you can click that. And we are actually providing all the things that this family may need in the home for when they move in. Things like cookware and utensils and towels, like literally everything. And it's a, it's quite a bit. Matter of fact, whenever we went to make this list, you don't think about how much goes into a house, right. stuff you just need. And we had like Now we put a few things that would be just like nice once in there as well, but we had 87 items that is on this Amazon wish list. Well, the cool thing is just a weekend, we've already got, I think right at 50 of those items purchased. So we got like 37 items left. If you want us, or if you want to help us uh, fulfill those 87 items, cross off that, um, that, uh, that goal for us Mm -hmm. and be a part of the reinitiative. You can be even in another country, hit that link, get on Amazon, purchase it. It ships directly to us and we will make sure that family has everything that they need. And I would love for you to be a part of that with us because it really is so cool. It really is the church stepping up 
and doing what the church should be doing, making an impact in the community. I love that. And if you jump on that wish list and all the things are gone because we just promoted this on our podcast, you can also give to that initiative. You can go to hillcity.tv and click on the give and there's a, a tab button that, that yeah. scrolls down. It's Instead of general is like the default, uh-huh. but you, you hit it and it scrolls down to a list. And re-initiative. Re-initiative. If you give to that, 100% of your donation will go into not just uh, this home, but also the next home that we'll be purchasing for. So if you want to be a part of that, again, there's no manipulation, no mandate, no like uh, us twisting your arm saying, oh, you should do this. If you just want to be a part of what we're doing in the community outside of our church service, you can give to that or you can do the wish list. Again, we appreciate so much. It's so encouraging to be a part of a little small church that is making broad impact in so many different ways. And again, we're, we're so thankful for those of you who listen to our podcast and give us that opportunity to help you on your spiritual journey, because we're learning as we go too. And there's been conversations we've had on this podcast that have really challenged us. And I'll be like, man, I, I shared that. I don't know if I fully believe that yet. And then over time, we're like, yeah, I'm, I think I'm there, you know? So we're going to pick back up on part two of our myths around the nativity. Uh, last week, we talked through the history of the nativity, which by the way, I don't know if you say it right or if I say it right. I say nativity, <laughs> but I've noticed multiple times you say nativity. nativity. And you you like... Well, why do you hold out that nay? I don't, it's not like I'm a horse. Nay. Like, yeah, that's what I I just think say of. nativity. I say <laughs> the, the A the, with a nay. The country like, boy. Nativity. Yeah. You say na- you You focus on the nay. I don't know if I do or not. But regardless, if someone can correct us. (laughs) We talked through the history of the nativity, as well as addressing three parts of the Christmas story that are kind of myths. You know, like Jesus's birth date is unknown. It's not necessarily December 25th. Uh, Mary was actually married before she gave birth to Jesus. And the last one is that Mary and Joseph would have traveled with an entourage back to Bethlehem to partake in a cent- in a census. And we're going to unpack a couple uh, myths today. There's three of them, but they kind of are all one. And with that knowledge of what we talked about last week, we have to address what is said in Luke 2, verse 7 for these next couple myths. Right. And so what we're going to focus on is the fact that there was no room at the end. And Luke 2, 7 says that Mary gave birth to Jesus and laid him in a manger because there was no place for them at the end. Now, let's unpack this very briefly. The Greek word that's used here for in is kataluma, if I'm saying it right. And it's sometimes translated as in, but it doesn't mean a hotel or an inn in any modern sense. In fact, Greek, they actually have a different word Panda Chion, which is best translated as a hostel or like this commercial inn, right? Luke even uses this word in the parable of the Good Samaritan. Hmm. So if it were a hotel, so to speak, Luke had vocabulary to let us know he would have used Panda Chion, mm-hmm. right? But Luke uses the word Cataluma, and he uses this even later in his gospel in uh, chapter 22, verse 11, when it's in the context of the Last Supper yep. was taking place Crazy. in this so-called in or Cataluma. And it gets translated in that verse as the guest room properly. So why would we translate it guest room there and translate it as in, in the Christmas story? Right. See, according to new new Testament scholar, Stephen Carlson, he explains that the predominantly accepted view in academia is that the Greek word Cataluma is best translated as a place to stay or guest quarters or guest room, like they describe in the last supper right? Which was usually located in the upper level of a house. 
makes sense now, right? We don't have any scriptural evidence for this and what I'm about to say, but I do think that we can rightly assume that the reason for why the guest room wasn't available is because either out of town family was already occupying that room, or as we'll talk about in just a minute, the owners of the house took the guest room and offered the main living quarters to Mary and Joseph. Now, remember, they were there with family. Why? Because they had to go to their hometown to register for a census. So this wouldn't necessarily be a matter of rejection to start the Christmas story with, that they they were rejected and no room in the end. It was actually possibly taken by someone else, and it was with hospitality, but you're going to get into this. Yeah, it, and just to clarify this idea, even the wise men, which we will talk about the wise men next week, uh, along with the shepherds, which is my favorite conversation around the nativity and, and myths, these shepherds and these wise men. But the wise men tell us in Matthew 2, 11, that they coming to the house, they saw the child with his mother, Mary, which they said child, not baby, right. which again, I'm getting we'll ahead of myself. talk about that next week. But they came to a house. They did not come to an inn or a hotel or a barn or a stable, which leads me to the second part of this myth. Yes, they were not born in an inn. They were born in, or there was no room in the guest room, but they weren't also born in a stable as well. And I say they, Jesus wasn't born in a stable as well. Because there was no room in the guest room, Mary most likely would have given birth in the main living room of the house that they were in. What I'm about to say, again, you've already kind of reiterated it, but I learned this just last week and it kind of blew my mind. So let me blow your mind for a minute. Most Middle Eastern homes for the past several thousand years, even in archaeology, and they've dug up all this stuff, were simply made of two rooms. You had the guest room, which was the upper room. Right. Again, think the Last Supper, which I love that analogy. And then the main living space. Now, we don't really have a, a right assumption as Americans because we have so many different rooms in a house, but they had one main living space. I had always assumed about Joseph. Let me pick on Joseph for a minute. Actually, let me pick on myself. I had always assumed that Joseph was this irresponsible husband who didn't plan and prep for his expecting wife. But let's think about this whole scene critically for a minute. Joseph knew that they had to return to Bethlehem for the census. He is royal lineage, which we I oftentimes just pass right over that reality and forget to realize that he was part of the royal family. So there's different expectations when you're part of the royal family. He probably arranged to stay with family because he knew that Mary would be giving birth at this time. So like you said earlier, rather than thinking of this story as one that starts with rejection being rejected from the inn, the birth of Jesus might have been one of the greatest examples of hospitality, as it is very possible that this family that lived in this house gave up their own living space to make space for Mary and Joseph, and they probably took up the upper room or the guest room. That's who was probably yeah, And maybe stayed with many other family members up in the guest room, there Crazy could have been a lot of them. And then the main living space, like, cause it's two levels would have been given then to Mary and Joseph yeah. is what you're saying. It's yeah. So cool. Crazy. So let's not forget that one of the greatest qualities of Middle Eastern culture is that of hospitality, especially to strangers, but definitely for their own. And so regardless if this was by design or not, Mary did not give birth to Jesus in a stable there. They did give birth in a main living space inside the house, 
and we're going to explain why there right. was a manger inside the house. Right, because one of the reasons one. why people think that they were born in some stable or a place for animals um, is because of the manger. Now, in the story, there is no mention of animals, but it does say that Mary laid Jesus in a manger, which is a feeding trough. Now, in this case, it could also be because it was there inside as well in the main living space. It could have been just used as a makeshift crib. Mm -hmm. It's logical. There's a place we can lay him there. Now, because of that, because of this manger, it's led to the image of them being, you know, outside in a stable or a barn. But I just think that that is a little bit inaccurate because you got to think about, again, the context, first century Judean houses, mangers were found both outside, yes, but also inside the homes in this main living quarters. And I know it's so hard for us as Americans to understand, but it is quite possible that the animals were kept in this area with the family, especially during colder months, hence why the manger was inside of the house. Yeah, crazy when you think about it. So yes, the, the no room in the inn, no, that was no room in the guest bedroom, most likely because either somebody from out of town was already staying in it. I like to take the perspective, even though I could be wrong, that the family that owned the house took the guest room so that Mary and Joseph could have this large living space to give birth. They did not give birth in a stable, and Mary was not alone. Remember now, culturally, men weren't allowed to be a part of the birthing process. One, because there was a lot of blood and there's a lot of Jewish laws around men being around women while bleeding. And so men weren't allowed during this process. And again, in first century culture, like there were a lot, there were most likely a lot of women around Mary during this birthing process. And so she had the bigger space, the main living room, the manger, yes, being inside and outside there, was, it, like you said, is very logical. And so it all kind of makes sense. And again, we're not yeah. saying you need to burn your nativity scene just because it's outside or in a stable. You can keep that tradition because that has been accepted for several centuries and it's fun, but it's not accurate at all, at least according to the biblical account. Yeah. And I like to think about like this living quarters, like the, the the owners of the home probably would have stayed in the guest room upstairs, maybe cramped with other family members, given this wide open space downstairs, kicked out any animals that could have been there, <laughs> left with the manger scene. But you also got to think midwives was popular in this culture. Mm -hmm. A lot of women would have helped during this birthing process. And so Mary and Joseph were giving, uh, are given the widest, most open space uh, for her to have the most comfortable pregnancy that she could have had during this time with help from women all around her. And so I think it's really cool to think about the story of Jesus's birth doesn't start in rejection like a lot of us like to think about. It starts with hospitality. I love and that. I love that. And I do know that uh, Middle Eastern culture is like that. Matter of fact, whenever I visited Israel, um, I will say this, and I don't know if this could be controversial or not, <laughs> but the places that I went that were Palestinian controlled, um, my Palestinian brothers and sisters were the most hospitable people while I was in Israel, hmm. which is just something that a lot yeah. of people don't think about. Um, that, yeah, that, yeah, there can be extremists no matter where you go in the world, but most people are just genuinely kind, hospitable people. And it's especially true in Middle Eastern cultures. And it would have been something to th that, that they would have been. Uh, very hospitable to Mary Especially and the Joseph. Royal lineage. Yeah. Like, we're thinking about royalty here. Royalty? Yeah. Practice? That's what I think Alan so and I were I just think it's yeah. a cool, per different perspective that we could possibly yeah. have around the Christmas season. 
But make sure you join us next week. Yeah, my favorite thing. something that you love to talk about, the Magi and the Shepherds, and really the context around what's happening in that case in the Christmas story. And it kind of sheds some light. Um, I think this really cool revelation um, because I've heard it from you before and I can't wait till next week. Hopefully you will join us next week. But until then, just know you are loved and there's nothing you can do about it.